0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode, let me double check, 64 of Overtime. Now, you're probably joining us thinking, wow, this is a different vantage point. It is. We just wanted you guys, we wanted it to feel like you were sitting at the table with us. And so this camera is literally on this table, and you guys are joining us. If I
1: do this, my arms look massive. They do, yeah, and he's not
0: been hitting the gym lately, guys. Uh, they're just like that so uh, <laughs> anyway we actually had some camera technical difficulties uh, which I feel like has been the norm for it t-
1: would not be an overtime production yeah or podcast without camera difficulties. Depple- and,
0: and it's so funny because it's the first one of 2021 so hopefully this year we'll figure this stuff out but uh <laughs> we're so glad you guys are tuning in thanks for hanging out overtime yeah. if this is your first time with us or if you've been with us you kind of know the drill overtime is really kind of overtime of the Sunday service so today we're going a bit more in depth Ben's gonna to dive a bit more deeper into what we talked, he talked about this weekend about the message. And so, this is when we get to answer your questions and kind of delve a bit more deeply into what we work through. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into that, which we're super excited about, uh, let me just make sure that is working there. Um, before we jump into that, what we wanted to do is just kind of catch you guys up on what is coming up at the CLC. First thing we wanted to mention is the time is here, the big yellow mug is yes. open once again. I walked in yesterday. I didn't know uh, if it was open or not. And I walked in and I saw the sign in the parking lot that said open and my heart rejoiced. It was wonderful. So, if you want coffee, if you want to see some good people, um, come join us. Get some coffee at the Big Yellow Mug. It's open from is it 8 it's to 12? 8 to
1: 12. Yeah. 8 Every to 12. Monday through Friday. Yeah.
0: Monday to Friday, 8 to 12. You can come get customized drinks, coffee. You can see some uh, faces. Uh, we do ask that you bring your mask, of course. When you walk around yeah, Meander, yeah. we ask that people wear their masks. But once you are Settled at a wonderful table like this with your coffee, you can go ahead and remove it. Uh, I've never seen someone to try uh, try and drink coffee through their mask. It might be interesting to see that. But I've done that. I yeah, would, like put you stuff tried up it? to
1: my mouth, like and they're like, oh, you spill it out. all over yourself. Your mask was gross. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so
0: so uh, <laughs> don't do that. But we do invite you to come on out, and join us at the Big Yell Mug from eight to twelve. Uh, Every day of the week, and get some really, really wonderful coffee, and And see some some great snacks, some delicious muffins. Actually, I I have to stay away from those sometimes because I eat so many of them. So, anyway, that's our first thing. Uh, The second thing we wanted to mention uh, is that this weekend we get to start a new series called Happy Strife, Happy Life, which is a really catchy title. Um, We were actually just in staff, and Josh was kind of going over some of the vision for the series. And uh, let me tell you what I'm really excited about it. I think it's very um, very perfect for the timing of, Hey, we're in this new year, but does that mean our problems go away? Uh, not necessarily, uh, yeah. but, um, there is ways that we can encounter God in the middle of all this stuff. So, yeah. um, if you identify with any of that, or if you don't, we invite you to join us this Sunday online in the parking lot or right here in the church building for this new series. It's going to be really, really awesome. Um, yeah.
1: and what's cool about that yeah. series is that we'll be jumping back into. So if you were here this past weekend, as we started 2021, kind of paused our, our uh, Luke series that yeah. we've been on for, gosh, I don't even know, 25, 26 it's weeks. been a while, dude. Um, <laughs> we've kind of changed the title a couple times because we're still in the book of Luke, but just kind of a little bit of a different focus. Yeah. So we paused that series, but we're going to be jumping back into the book of Luke and continuing on in that. Yes. So we encourage you to be a part of it. Like I think that there's so many truths that we can learn from Luke and from the gospel, looking at the life yeah. of Jesus and yeah. his ministry that applies to our lives so yeah, yeah so again good. that's this
0: weekend uh you can join three ways whether online like you're doing right now or you go to our church slash live yep. you can access that or you can park in the parking lot watching the big led screen tune in from your car radio or if you want to see some people behind their masks uh i mean with their masks on of course <laughs> uh you can come here to the church uh at nine o'clock and behind we'll have service
1: mask. maybe we should change the name of this podcast to be behind the, behind the mask <laughs> like a deeper look <laughs> I don't know. That might be relevant. No, but, not, uh, <laughs> we're, we're good at it. Yeah, yeah,
0: overtime's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's all that we have regarding yeah. those things. If you have questions, email us at info at but let's do this. We're going to start Overtime, episode 64. So as yeah. you mentioned, we kind of had this uh, this kind of standalone sermon this last weekend, which yeah. was kind of very uh, connected to everything we've still been talking about. Um, right. could, do you mind sharing a, sure. a bird's eye view of this sermon that you did this Sunday called Uncommon Hope? Yeah.
1: So that was the title of, of this week's sermon. It was Uncommon Hope. And really, I just kind of picked that name out of the hat. Actually, I found a good graphic yeah. that I liked and Oh, it yeah, uh, find good graphics. That's exactly it. So uh, <laughs> the whole idea is that for all of us, for most of us, I'm pretty uh, pretty sure I can say for all of us, 2020 was a very challenging year, yeah. right? There was a lot of different difficulties um, and kind of made light of it a little bit. You know, who would have thought that this time last year that you would have been so concerned about toilet paper in the middle of the <laughs> pandemic, right? Like, I know I didn't think about it until I didn't have it. And then that was like all I could think about. And there was a lot of concern. Mm-hmm. And while we can kind of remember some funny things maybe that happened in 2020, the reality is for a lot of us, there was a lot of other difficulties that when we think through this year, we're probably going to remember before those funny and those light things. Who knows? It could be the ongoing kind of place where we're at with our kids in school, right? Like that has been a huge challenge, not only for the 2019, 2020 year, but now also as we're in the 2020 and the 2021 Mm -hmm. year, we're still going What what is the impact of that? So as we were looking at that, that year, what I was thinking is that I wanted to share a message of hope. And that was really the goal of going, as we go into a new year, we can have a renewed sense of hope yeah. We can have a um, a new hope. Like, I was kind of playing around with the idea of like the Star Wars title, A New Hope. It's been awesome. My, yeah. my wife <laughs> loves Star Wars. She is a Star Wars geek. In fact, I, I know somebody that was listening like texted her after that, like, yeah, geeks should die. Like, <laughs> I don't think that that's exactly what was said, but yeah. that's how I translated it. Sorry if either one of you are listening. Yeah. Um, so, like, the, the idea is that we can have a hope yeah. for 2021. Um, and that doesn't mean that our situation changes. So what we did was we actually looked at the book of Lamentations. Yeah. Lamentations is not a very popular book. Uh,
0: yeah, right? It's something different.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's five chapters. It's basically five Hebrew poems that are funeral dirges, basically a song yeah. to yeah. lament or to mourn or to be sorrowful um, in a poetic way uh, that Jeremiah, it doesn't specifically say that Jeremiah is the author, but we just kind of believe that through the the writing style, through kind of the firsthand knowledge that he had, he was the prophet during, after, during bef- or before, before, yeah. during, and after Jerusalem's fall to the Babylonian Kingdom. Yeah, and um, it, it this had had to be a book that was written by somebody that had firsthand experience. And so, basically, these five Hebrew poems are just a lament. They are this sad book of, yeah. of five different um, poems that just are, are literally just talking about the difficulty that they've had. And so yeah. w- what's beautiful in this is that kind of in the very heart of that chapter, chapter three, there is this beautiful picture of hope by the time you get to verse 22, um, 22 through 25, basically, and even probably beyond that, mm-hmm. um, that there's this beautiful picture of hope. But one of the things that I said o- on Sunday is that, in order for good news to be good news, it needs to be kind of set against the backdrop of this difficult news. Yeah, I
0: appreciate that point. Yeah, and, <laughs> and
1: that's and that's really what I was trying to draw out. Now, I think my concern in that is that there was a lot of focus on kind of the heaviness of the year, like yeah. because 2020 was very tough, kind of setting it up. And then literally the first 20 chapters or 20 verses that we look at is, is <laughs> really just <disparaging laughs> piling news. Up. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. – literally piling one thing on after another. And uh, what's interesting, and and this was part of what I'd hoped in the message is that what you see Jeremiah do as he's writing this poem, as this author is lamenting, what you see is there's kind of an accusation, if you will, towards God, like there's some harsh language in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let's, uh, I'd like to dive into that because I like how you identified that, um, gosh, can this be in the Bible? Like, yeah. is, is this allowed? Can you say that about <laughs> God? Right. Because uh, some of the things were pretty severe and heavy yeah. accusations, which I don't know if you want to say those things to God because he can hear you. Yeah. and You know, what do and, you
1: do with that? And, right. And I grew up in a home where it was like, you know, you, you're not disrespectful. Like that yeah. was one of the things that my dad would, would not be cool with at any point. It yeah. doesn't matter the situation. So it seems even like as he's writing it, it's like, hey, isn't that A little disrespectful to the God of the universe.
0: So we have to like, there's almost a process of we, as, as you kind of walked us through this passage, we have to reconcile what we expect the Bible to be and how we expect the Bible to act, but then how it is acting in this moment. And Lamentations, Jeremiah, the author jumps into it. And so um, he's
1: head first into it. Yeah. He's not holding back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so there's just 20, you mentioned kind of the 20 verses that kind of just dive in. So can you paint a, bigger picture for us, like what exactly is happening and what would cause him to do this. For sure. Uh, because it's pretty that's pretty intense.
1: Yeah, and this all is kind of centered around the destruction of Jerusalem. So where we are in kind of Israel's history is that God has a chosen people, the Israelites. Um, You know, uh, this is a real quick 400 year history or more. They're in (laughs) captivity. They're set free, but they go to the promised land. It's kind of divided amongst the 12 tribes. So all of the people have kind of a portion or a lot assignment. This is where they live. What happens in that is the 12 tribes. There's kind of a civil war that happens. You have the northern kingdom, then the southern kingdom. Um, and so what happens is eventually Assyria comes in and kind of destroys the northern kingdom, which was 10 tribes. Yeah, this what we see and that was around 722 B.C. Yeah. What we see is around 586 B.C. is when Babylonians come in and they are ultimately it's going to be lead to Jerusalem or that southern kingdom. their complete destruction. So yep. Judah was kind of the biggest tribe in that. Um, And so Judah is completely wiped out. So the bigger picture here is what you see is Jeremiah is lamenting the destruction of his city. But even more than that, what this now means is that because the northern kingdom has already been wiped out, now the southern kingdom is wiped out. Now all of a sudden, the Israelites have no land. They have no place. They have no portion. They have no lot. So now they are exiled. They're strangers. They're foreigners. They're they're now under the rule of other kingdoms and establishments yeah. and governments. So this is this is very much a crying out to God of going, why have you forsaken us? Yeah. Why have you abandoned us? And so as Jeremiah starts, like even one of his first ones, um, uh, I think it's verse. Let me let me see where it is. It's it's verse three. Surely he uh, he has turned his hand again and again. Uh, he turned his hand against me, or surely against me. <laughs> turns his hand again and again the whole day long. So yeah. Jeremiah is painting a picture of going this isn't just like okay, God did this and there's judgment, but there's a steady firm hand of discipline yeah. that is on the Israelites at this time and yeah. so that is what Jeremiah is really lamenting is is all of this this history which he had seen and heard of because again he was he was God's prophet. yeah so before this discipline this destruction comes. Jeremiah was was speaking to the people on behalf of God, saying, hey, we have to change what we're doing. Otherwise, this is going to be the demise. Like God will turn from his people. And so he's prophesying before it. Mm-hmm. He's prophesying during it. He receives a lot of persecution because of that. Yeah. And then he's even God's prophet afterwards. And we see that's where he would yeah. most likely penned lamentations.
0: So I notice that um, it's super interesting because I feel like in these big events, like I know They probably like big events like this, they trust that God made a promise to them that they would be an established nation. And maybe in this moment, they realize is God not following through with this promise. Right. And so there's always this process of interpreting our God in this moment. I think I think in any situation, like we learn a bit more about ourselves, but we also learn more about God. And so do we see this process of and I'm just kind of asking this this is my own personal question. Um, do we see, uh, Jeremiah through his writings kind of bounce back and forth or wrestle with his interpretation of who God is yeah. because he gets pretty intense in some of his writings, but you know, this is something he's also been writing. He, he wrote in anticipation that something like this might right. happen. And so right. he's almost interpreting his, his outtake on who God is yeah. through this.
1: Could you speak a bit more yeah. to what you've observed there? Absolutely. And one of the things I'll say is that if you're interested in kind of reading um, the destruction of Jerusalem, I think it's it's 2 Kings, I forget which chapter, but 2 Kings, you can kind of read The Demise, but also... If you like reading about that stuff. <laughs> but also, you can read Jeremiah's yeah. you know, book. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot more in that because there's there's more to it. And
0: this is the book Jeremiah, not his book Lamentations you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, okay. I'm referring to the book of
1: Jeremiah. <clears throat> yeah. So, if you read that one of the major prophets like Isaiah Jeremiah, yep, like yep, yep. you can actually see some of his prophecy and the fulfillment of it and, and kind of even the in the exile kind of the promises like jeremiah twenty nine eleven, it's mm-hmm. one of the most popular graduation you know <laughs> verses ever i know the plans i have it's for you declares the lord cap, yeah. yeah plans to prosper to bless you and to prosper you for good and not for harm yeah, like, yeah it's yeah everybody loves that they verse that one, yeah. but it's spoken to a people that are in exile yeah. that just had their city destroyed yeah like <laughs> That's uh, some tough stuff that I don't even know if they heard in that moment. Oh, so, for sure. so, yeah, that that's kind of the history that you could read if you want to. Um, and, and what you see ultimately, and, and this is kind of paint the, the full picture, and I'm not sure how well I did this on Sunday, but what you see is in Jeremiah's very desperate pleas is ultimately where he finds hope, mm-hmm. is that what he's seeing is that God is truly faithful to carry out the discipline that he warned Israel about like Mm -hmm. he he said that this would happen and now he's showing that he's a god of his word like Mm -hmm. he said that this would happen and so what happens is and and this is again the very heart chapter three you see uh, as it starts in verse 21 that faithfulness of carrying out the discipline is what leads jeremiah to a place of hope Mm -hmm. because what he's seeing is he's going Mm -hmm. not only is god faithful to carry out the discipline that he said he would do but if God has promised good things and he's promised to be there and to not forsake us, yeah. well, then he's going to carry that through as well. So yeah, yeah. so even in the Bible Project video on Sunday, we, we watched a Bible Project video yeah, that really kind of great. gives an overlay of Lamentations. Yeah. Even if you didn't watch the sermon, I mean, you could Google if the Bible Project and Lamentations. Mm-hmm. It's about a seven minute video, but that uh, they use the word that that promised hope like his his desperation becomes the seedbed of of god's faithfulness like seeing that god is faithful to his word not just in discipline but also in mercy and love and so that's that's kind of the turning point if you will is that jeremiah recognizes that man this is really tough this is really difficult like it seems like god is disciplining me Mm -hmm. the verbiage that he uses and i'm not sure if we'll we'll jump into the specific verbiage or not like whatever we want to do with that but the verbiage that he uses is like man god is like an angry bear yeah i was gonna ask to about tear that me apart yeah like a lion <laughs> waiting to pounce like
0: yeah so i was gonna ask about that i feel like in some ways it crosses a line because i mean yeah. loosely loosely jeremiah seems
1: to be calling god a murderer
0: like you're <laughs> no, murdering you're killing I think it's safe me. to say
1: that he is yeah and, and so jeremiah's just seen that like so
0: what do we le- i mean what do we learn from that though so like yeah. if jeremiah can write this and then you know it's added to the bible and. Yeah. This- what, 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 and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but I can think, you actually read yeah. that verse for us? What exactly yeah, Jeremiah says? So, because it's
1: pretty intense, it, guys. And this for me, and if you, you're listening uh, on some level, this is a little bit of a repeating of what we talked about on Sunday. Um, but verse 10 and 11 is where it, it, it kind of gets my attention. Like, I, I feel like the first time reading through and what I, I try and do is whenever I'm preaching out, I want to read a, a passage over and over and just yeah. see what stands out to me. Yeah. But the first time reading it through, this is what like 10 and 11, I'm like, ooh. I don't like I joked about it on Sunday like we have a lot of songs that talk about the attributes of God and how good God is and how awesome and mighty he yeah. is and even some songs that talk about God as a mighty lion Yeah. like we had a verse in in, in one of the songs on Sunday that talked about God as a lion yeah. but it's never like a lion that's ready <laughs> to, to kill, kill me, me. Yeah, yeah. like it's always like you're powerful and strong majestic, and mighty right? majestic yeah, yeah. but it's never like you're majestic <laughs> and you're angry at me So verse 10, 11 says this. He is a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. And then even the, the, the kind of the picture changes then in 12 and 14, 12 through 14. He said he bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrows. Yeah. Like he, Jeremiah is literally saying God has targeted me. Now, when Jeremiah says this, I think it's twofold. I think he's probably feeling that way about himself, but he's also for sure. speaking for the nation of Israel. Yeah. God has targeted me, like me as an individual, but me as all of these people. And they were probably
0: familiar with being targeted because if Babylon took Absolutely. them over at yeah. the hands of war, yeah. they were probably targeted by and arrows. And, and it so. wasn't
1: just a overnight thing. This yeah. wasn't like one week, you know, they were doing their own thing. But the next week, then they were captured. Yeah, this was a slow and steady process, like Some meticulous. It, yeah, taking this over was Babylon. Two years. It was a yeah. two-year siege where Babylon just kind of slowly and methodically wiped through all of Judah, like yeah. town after town falls, and they finally to the point where Jerusalem and the city uh, that's got a you know huge city wall. This is uh, you know King David fortified it, like, and this was yeah. kind of the 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 fortress of Jerusalem, if you will to the last place left is the fortress, yeah. and then they breach the walls. And yeah. and even in Jeremiah, and I, I mentioned this in one of the commentaries that I read, like things had gotten so desperate and um, so bad within the city walls that mothers were eating their, their children. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty desperate place. Like yeah. That's pretty desolate, like yeah. the paranoia that would have gripped them, the starvation that would have gripped them, the, the fact that they've probably seen family members killed and, and like either by by the army or just by s- famine and yeah. and kind of the choking out of food and resources like uh, i'm not sure i haven't specifically read but maybe you know water i don't know if they yeah. i know that there was a pretty um pretty elaborate uh, aqueduct system that yeah. went into the city of jerusalem but who knows what that looked like but it was a siege that yeah. carried on that was coming for a long time and one of the things to point out there is that I, I think that that even shows God's mercy. Is yeah. That He is slow to anger. Yeah, He is slow to His judgment. And yeah. I, I think that even the fact that it was a two-year siege of Jerusalem—that was two years that that Israel didn't repent. They yeah. didn't turn from God. And who knows Man, what they, the story would have looked like yeah. had they repented sure, and true. turned away? Because God is is compassionate. He's yeah. faithful. So uh, I feel like I've probably you know talked around. And away from the question that you asked, (laughs) I don't even remember what it was, but this is a pretty desperate place where where there is really accusations towards God. Yeah. And Jeremiah in that in this desperation, he's ultimately driven to hope because if God is faithful to do what he said he would do in discipline, he's also faithful to do what he said within covenant, within relationship and that he would keep a remnant and that there would be a seed and that ultimately we now see what christ would do on the cross that would be the line of david that would ultimately be jesus the messiah coming but there's a remnant that was left and and it's pretty awesome to see
0: yeah so um it seems that and i know this kind of this sermon came on the heels of 2020 on the beginning of 2021 where um I feel like the best way to describe it is just a year of loss. Like yeah. we lost a lot of normalcy. Yeah, um, absolutely. We lost just so much. Um, yeah. And in this instance, Jeremiah is losing a lot. And yeah. so um, what what does this passage give us permission to do when we've experienced loss?
1: Yeah, and that was a, a, a big point. I appreciate it. I feel like that's a, uh, like a, a very loaded question, so I appreciate that. But yeah. yeah, really what I was hoping to kind of point out is that as you look at this passage, for me, the first thought is like, why in the world would God want this to be in the Bible? Like, <laughs> why did the book of Lamentations make it into the canon? Like, yeah. why, why is this one, 2,000, 3,000, whatever it was years later that we're reading this, why would he it's want this like hate mail, not Maybe not hate mail, <laughs> yeah.
0: but it's comparable to like a hate letter. Yeah. And God's like, let's just put that in there. Right? It's,
1: it's almost like, well, what, God, why would you that allow that? And yeah. I think one, I don't think God is truly all that concerned about the words of men that he would be (laughs) worried (laughs) about his reputation. Like it's it's almost comical to think about, but really the point that I I was hoping um, to make is that really what Lamentations does is it gives us an example or a model Mm -hmm. for us to be able to follow. Like it gives us kind of an outline of going, Hey, it's okay to bring your, uh, your desperate situations, your, um, um, your desperation your depression your anxiety your difficulties to God because what we see from all five chapters really but especially in these you know these 20 verses that we looked at on Sunday is that man God can take it right because yeah. like, Jeremiah is dishing it and God can take it yeah and so it really does give us a model and, and, and part of the reason I think that um, Josh kind of gave me the our senior pastor Josh um, he's on vacation Um, this past week, so it's not like he was sick or wasn't around, but like just able to take a week off and kind of gave me permission to, to go in the direction I wanted to go. And I really felt like I wanted to do this message in part because of how my year has been. Like Mm -hmm. my year has just probably been one of the hardest and most difficult years that I've experienced. A lot of that just candidly has to do with foster care and the challenge that that is. Um, and it's no fault of of anyone like the, the the young person that we are with is in a in probably the worst situation of our life like mm-hmm. this is terrible for that person mm-hmm. and so it, it just kind of by nature of kind of being in in that close proximity it's been a really hard and a really challenging sure, year sure. and so it, it's easy to kind of say okay 2020 was terrible because of covid but even even that, even if it wasn't for COVID, there's other right. situations in life, sure. right? Like, cause if you are not currently in um, a place of despair or yeah. I'm sure that there are times that you've experienced it, or mm-hmm. at the very least there'll be times that you will experience it. Yeah. And that's not hopefully <laughs> not like bad news that I just wrecked your day. I think <laughs> oh, and, no. that I'm trying to be pessimistic, yeah. but just trying to be real that that's, we all recognize that while maybe not everyday situations um, such as like I gave the example and it was it was terrible news but it was almost ironic that on the very last day of 2020 I found out that my dad needed to go through chemotherapy and it's pretty heavy difficult news Um, and, and while that isn't like an everyday situation it is a real life, like we know that our lives can be turned upside down from a phone call or conversation or Mm -hmm. something that happens, um, that while it may not be every day, it is a real life situation. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So we find that, um, so I'm sure maybe some of us, I know myself included, have had moments in 2020, uh, where we just kind of sit down and wave our fist in the air. Like what is going on? Right. We're angry. Um, would we say that that is a, um, a moment of intimacy with God too? Like, cause,
1: I, I cause, really would say that I think that it can be. Yeah. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and in fact, I, I feel like, yeah, it's right here. So one of the commentaries is the New Bible Commentary, and I think it's worth repeating. Um, uh, it made a really good point as we're studying because what happens is that in our lamenting and in our frustration, as we voice that those concerns to God, <clears> what, <throat> what can happen is that in doing so, we can actually, it can be a confession. It can <clears> be, Kind of a prayer, like, yeah. and, and one of the things that we didn't see is in Lamentations chapter five. Um, that's really a prayer that Jeremiah lifts to God on behalf of all of Jerusalem, yeah. on behalf of all of Israel. And I do think that not just lamenting. I think prayer is a big key mm-hmm. to being able to model exactly what's happening in Lamentations, so that you can you can be able to work through it and be able to experience. Um, I'll say comfort and peace sure. that God can offer, but. Yeah. Uh, The New Bible Commentary says this. It says that lamenting, um, the lamenting we see here in the writing of this book can help us as believers in order to face problems which are hard to face. The word of God can work in this way, not merely teaching our minds, but giving us a means of expressing that which is too deep for us and tutoring mind and heart in the process. Mm -hmm. The questioning and protest, therefore, can be at the same time confession. It can even be praise because we address God who is just. His justice does not finally, it does not, finally issue only in judgment but also in mercy and i I thought that that was a great point that it's uh, i think i don't know how many people operate like me like for me when there's frustration i need to speak it out like i need to kind of voice my concern and and i have to be careful in that because especially (laughs) if it's you know a disagreement between my wife and i by me expressing my thought i feel better but i might have just kind of hurt or upset her mm-hmm. by by expressing it and that even even if that's not my intention, that can Impact, happen. Yeah. I feel like for me, as I can voice my frustration towards God, there's almost this release that comes from sure. from just being honest and and crying out and and presenting that before God that I think can be confession and it can help us um, to realize that God is a just and merciful God and that it doesn't always end in judgment, but it can end in mercy. Yeah, um, and so I do think that this is a way for us to be able to to confess and to process and to protest. And I think that that's what Jeremiah gives a great example.
0: Yeah, of. very uh, a very um, honest example. And yeah, so, for um, sure. Yeah, I appreciate you highlighting that. You know, God's big enough to take it. This yeah. isn't something that you know God whimpers at or you yeah. know uh, that offends God. Right. Uh, if anything, I think God knows it's already on our hearts. Right. right. Um, but I think there's a moment of uh, intimacy when we can actually bring that to God, bring to God what God already knows. Yeah. Um. But wants us to express deeply, right?
1: Yeah. And if I can, like, so one of the things, and this is this is more, again, part of the reason why I wanted to pick this. Sure. Verse is that i feel like even in studying this like uh, there was a moment in kind of my preparation where i like after reading and working through it i i literally had a moment of going god why like felt like you've called us into foster care mm-hmm. why has it been so tough like what like sure. i i had my own lamenting of going god why like i don't understand what you're doing like we felt called into this. And now, to be honest, I don't know what I feel like. Yeah. I feel like I want out, but I'm not sure if that's you showing me I should go out or if that's me just wanting out of this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was there was a, a, an intimate I feel like it was an intimate moment between God and I of just going and not just because I was preparing, but of just going, God, OK, if I can do this. I'm pretty upset because you called us yeah. into this yeah. and now it feels like this is the worst decision that I've led my family into. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the right next step is. Sure. So I need you to show up and yeah. I need you to show me. And I feel like nothing changed yeah. um, except somehow in that my perspective and my attitude changed a little bit. In, sure. Almost like, well, God heard me, so I'm, I'm okay now. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a little bit better yeah. with it. It doesn't mean the situation went away. It doesn't mean that things are good. It doesn't mean that I, I'm still not, actively trying to s- discern what God is mm. doing, but it just, there's something in it that I think it, is beneficial to believers. And, and that's yeah. really one of the points that I wanted to bring out. Sure, was, sure. Was, is that this gives us, Lamentations gives us a model, an example for us to be able to, to take our concerns, to take our, our despair, to take our depression, to take everything that we mm. have and really bring it back to God. Yeah. And I think by by saying what we're thinking and feeling, God can handle it. Yeah. he's a big enough god that he can do that and by being able to pray there's something i'll say something divine that happens in that sure. I, I say it's divine because and maybe not divine maybe supernatural is probably a better sure. word because I, I feel like i can't naturally explain what happens it just seems to help
0: yeah yeah some kind of holy in these moments where we open up and become vulnerable um yeah. I think I was thinking about this too. I think the alternative is much more difficult to yeah. hold all these things inside, right. to not do what Jeremiah did and right. kind of express them honestly and openly because you know, you're know you gonna feel things and sometimes you yeah. can't control how you feel about a situation, how you right. feel about God, how you feel about life. Um, however, uh, kind of sharing that with, yeah. um, in this case, with community, with him writing it down, uh, but then also yeah. with God is really beneficial.
1: And I do think it's important to say that, uh, that emotions emotions make for a terrible engine but for a great caboose like mm-hmm. god gave us our emotions and our yeah, feelings that was a cool metaphor. <laughs> like, we can we can feel what we feel and that's completely okay and that's not my metaphor i stole that from, yeah from i was gonna say it definitely ben didn't write that yeah i definitely didn't do that i stole <laughs> i don't even know where i stole it from like so it, it our it's okay to feel whatever you feel sure. but don't let i would caution you to not let your emotions drive you because yeah. then Man, you can be everywhere, and I say that from personal experience. Yeah, right? I, yeah. When my emotions drive me, I am up and down, and yeah. it, it just doesn't really make sense. So, uh, so I, I thought whenever I heard that 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 was a good picture of going, okay, let it be, the, let your emotions be the caboose, and not the engine. Yeah. And then um, it made me think of, of a quote by Martin Luther, not the you know um, the uh, the 60s reformer, but Martin Luther um, the 16 or 15th century reformer kind of the, you know, the 96 theses or two or 95 from, I couldn't remember what it yeah, was. The, the theses stapled on the door. Like yeah. basically <laughs> he said, you, uh, the quote is you, you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I, I think that the truth is, is that you will have feelings, you will have thoughts, and you can't necessarily stop those feelings. You can't necessarily stop those thoughts. Yeah. But if it's a negative or a really bad thought that you shouldn't dwell on, you can keep that from nesting in your head. Yeah. I just, that was something that I thought of in yeah. in preparation for this that I thought was a, a great statement. As yeah. you're thinking about emotions, not letting it drive you, but recognizing and realizing that it's part of the train. Yeah. <laughs> and I
0: mean, God gave us our emotions, yes, right? So absolutely. anything that God gives is good. And so yeah. sometimes we we abuse our emotions yeah. or... Um, out of our emotions, do bad things, but emotions yeah.
1: inherently are good, and that's honestly. So I feel like foster care keeps coming up, and so, sorry, that's just the world that I'm in right yeah. now. Like yeah. And that's one of the things that we're saying to uh, to the young person that we have in our home, like, hey, it's you're gonna feel a lot. It's yeah. okay to feel whatever you feel. Yep. However, in that, like, it's when they respond negatively, like, you're gonna feel whatever you feel, and you're. Feelings are okay, but yeah. the way that you respond to your feelings, you will be accountable for. And that's sure. important because we have a young person in our house that, yeah. like, y- you can feel upset, but you start, like, throwing things around, and there's going to be consequences. Like, yeah. things are going to break. Like, you're, there's going to be, you know, a removal of privileges. Like, yeah. that's just the nature of the world that we live in there's there's a cause and effect to everything and so very
0: similar to the story that you know jeremiah is writing about this is
1: why he's in this moment expressing the pain that he has right because the unconfessed sin of the people of of israel yeah Yeah.
0: um so i got actually uh we're thinking i have like a few questions that i lined up here i'm gonna go in an order that makes sense The next question is okay, so it's 25 verses. Yeah. Um, not all of them are are as dark and grim as <laughs> it starts. Yeah. Can you um can you help us understand how it is that Jeremiah decides to wrap up this passage, and then from yeah, there I got sure. some
1: other points. And this, it's I think it is probably important to note. I feel like for time's sake, I ended at verse 25, but really chapter three has 66 full verses like that you could read and and there's kind of a more explanation that he goes into, but, sure. but really I feel like this is, this, if you're going to have a coffee mug verse, like it's, it's found in the 21 to 25 area, True. like yeah. just talking about hope and steadfast <laughs> love. Like that's, that's where I really wanted to kind of park and and what happens is, is kind of this change. And, and in my mind, I wonder if there's time that's passed between verse 20 and verse 21. Yeah. Cause that was an interesting
0: thought. I didn't even think about that I, I don't
1: know. That's just pure speculation on my part. But I feel like when I'm pretty emotional, I need just a little bit of cooling off time like to just like process. There, and, and, and what's interesting is that in 21, basically what happens is that uh, it says this, uh, Lamentations 3.21, but this... I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And what's interesting is that the verbiage in the vernacular used here, but this I call to mind. Yeah. There's an intention, attention, uh, intentionality um, to that verse. Like it's not, hey, I just was going along life, but he goes, but this I yeah. choose to remember. Yeah. But this is what I recall. Like, and because I recall this, I then have hope. Yeah. So there is this. I would say a switch and I used kind of the expression that it's like the, the scene changes and the music fades from like ominous to like things start to get bright and cheery. Like the sun comes out. Yeah. So it like, it's a complete change by him going, Hey, but this I recall to mind and therefore I have hope. And then he, he goes into probably the def like the definite coffee cup verse um, is that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Mm. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Mm, So in the midst of despair, in the midst of, uh, you know, just a couple verses ago, he says he's lost hope in the Lord. He goes, but this I call to mind, this I remember, this I intentionally think of. And because I think of this, I now have hope again. Yeah. Uh, And that's where I feel like that title, Uncommon Hope, fits in so beautifully of going, in the midst of a hopeless despair, yeah. there is hope, and that's where where Jeremiah kind of feels it and senses it that it's like, man, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. But in the midst of this, God is steadfast. Yeah. Meaning unchanging, like He is constant. He's continual. Um, the example that I can think of is is kind of like the waves. Like if you go to the ocean, there's always waves, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes low tide, high tide, it's coming in and out, but the waves are still crashing. they might be smaller they might be bigger like storms come now all of a sudden there's massive waves but there is constant waves and in the same way that the waves are always coming they're always crashing onto the shore god's love is always crashing into our lives it's always washing over us it's always it's always there his mercies are new every single morning it's not once a week it's not you know just once a day it's new every morning but it's continuous constantly there so it's like a barrage that never stops yeah it is and that's that's reassuring at least for me yeah man god god does love it and and the point that that is being made by a lot of different commentaries if you read through it is that is that god's love and compassion triumphs in this moment over his discipline because that's just what it is like uh, discipline i think that we don't always have uh, the proper view of i think that God disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in right yeah, like yeah. that's a scripture verse in proverbs and and discipline has its benefits right mm-hmm. like if you truly love a child there is a level of discipline that needs to happen otherwise if if a child just does whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want, what is it going to look like when they're older? Right. Like uh, someone who does whatever they want. Yeah. Do they want. And, yeah. and most likely if they don't want to work and they've just never felt like they had to work and they don't know what responsibility is, how in the world will that yeah. child who's now a grown person, but still a child, like how will they hold a job? Like, so sure. discipline is a necessary part of love. And so that's what God is ultimately doing to yeah. the nation of Israel. He's disciplining, but it's, It's crazy because we don't think about it. It's because He loves His children, yeah. He's disciplining, and so this discipline would fulfill His purpose. But ultimately, God's compassion and love triumphs over even the discipline because once it's served its purpose, it's done, and His love is continuous. Yeah, discipline is kind of fleeting, like in the sense that discipline will last for however long it needs to last determined mm-hmm. by God. Yep. In the case of Jerusalem, I think it was 70 years or yeah, about uh, that I, talks I think about it was that in Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah, so it, it lasted for about time. 70 years, but then it was finished and his steadfast love and compassion was continuous. Yeah
0: um so uh let me just recap real quick just Sorry, to make sure you're, no I'm you're just good everywhere so. no this is great um i i'll have two more questions but before we kind of move on in that direction more of maybe a response for on our part um wanted to clarify so it seems here that jeremiah in this passage of lamentations uh, is endorsing two and inviting us to do two things one be honest be brutally honest with god sure. like he, he can handle it uh it's healthy to not carry the weight of that grief and the burden by yourself, so be open and honest about God. Yeah. That's the first thing. Um, it's it can only be done appropriately, appropriately though, when we also do the second thing, which is to um, recall the promises of God and allow that to still provide perspective in the middle of the grief. Am I understanding that correctly yeah, about the passage? Okay, I think
1: that it would be absolutely safe Great. to say is that he's recalling it. But even even that, like, what's interesting is the way that chapter five ends. Yeah. It's it's basically, and this was again in the the uh, Bible Project video. It's like the question becomes like, God, have you abandoned us? Unless it's it it's kind of ends on a cliffhanger, like yeah, God, have I you abandoned that, yeah. us? Um, and there's no real resolute answer. Yeah. It's like unless you've abandoned us. Yeah. The end.
0: <laughs> Which uh, leads really well into the next question okay. because it seems like uh, I like how the the Bible Project people said it. They said that the book ends abruptly without yeah. a resolve. And in some ways, like our grief and our loss in right. life may not be fully resolved. Like we may experience the weight of that. Um, and For that's sure. just a part of the you know, the normal reality of living in a really broken world. And so um, I wanna ask this question on behalf of the uh, of any viewers who might be experiencing this. Um, sometimes as we know, grief comes in waves and yeah. it ebbs and flows. Some seasons are great, some are not. And it's just really unpredictable. Um, I'll read what I wrote. Grieving naturally can be a long, compl- complex process. Um, I know you said he arrived at this place of hope perhaps immediately or maybe over time. Yeah. How do we continue to come back to hope um, when the feelings of grief continue to come back to us? Because there are yeah. moments where we might feel hopeful, but then what about tomorrow when I'm reminded of my grief? What yeah. do we do then?
1: Uh, so I would say, and this is, I feel, I mean, my my fear is that this is like the Pat Christian answer. And that's, I, I want to be, a little bit deeper a little bit better than that but I would say his mercies are new every morning so sure. if you wake up tomorrow morning and you're overwhelmed with grief God can handle it yeah I would say that if you because the the also the reality of that is that to a to a parent who's lost a child and on some level I don't know if you ever get over that yeah right like how would you get over that like to think that one day oh, I'll just be fine with it mm-hmm. like I man I don't think I could say that sure. because I think what that does is that changes things for you yeah. right like there will always be at the very least memories that you're carrying Absolutely. With, like that that they, there is so I don't think it's like this accomplishment to go okay I'm just trying to work through it and get over it like mm-hmm. I don't think that that's that's it at all I think that those, those things in fact it it makes me think of where we're going in this next series is that you know without going into too much detail like as josh talks about our our difficulty is kind of a doorway like it provides a way of change uh that we can walk through and so i really encourage you to be a part of that series so i I don't want to try and steal his concept or idea and then completely (laughs) destroy it here on overtime like so But but i think grief is is something that I don't know if you get over it like yeah. i think that you carry those memories and those um I- i'll say those feelings and that that sense of loss yeah probably the rest of your life absolutely yeah like yeah. I-, I don't know how you just work through it so i would say that if you wake up and how do you how do you return to it what i would say is i, I would do what jeremiah is modeling like yeah. bring that again before god yeah like continuously like because his mercies are new every morning yeah and then as best as you can, remember God's faithful in that. Like, even though it stinks, it's terrible, it's the worst situation you've endured, man, God is still faithful. And he wants to even hear your lament. He wants to hear your cries. He wants to be in communion and fellowship with you, even in that difficulty.
0: And it doesn't sound like grieving and hoping are mutually exclusive. Like, it's not like you have to be doing one or the other. It appears that, from Jeremiah's perspective right. uh, that you can do both at the same time. Right. And it may Absolutely. take some practice, of course, Absolutely. and it's not going to be easy, but it can happen.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I feel like I've used this example before. Um, so my, my wife and I had experienced a miscarriage in 2018, um, and it was singularly the worst experience. And yet in a weird way, the best experience that we'd ever gone through mm-hmm. because we felt God's presence. Like, the situation was not good. It wasn't fun. It wasn't ideal. It wasn't yeah. what we wanted to walk through. Yet, there is a beauty in that season because God was so present. He was He was very clearly there and at work. Yeah. And his peace just was overwhelming in yeah. the midst of that season. Like I feel like I'm getting a little bit emotional and trying to hold yeah. that back, even as I'm recalling it. Because it was both the best and like, it's so weird to say that it was the worst and the best season of my life because man, God showed up in a way that I feel like I very rarely felt his peace except for the midst of that turmoil and that heartache that man, we knew that God was present and it was terrible, Yeah, but yet God was still good. And so, so that's why I say that. I don't think that my wife and I are ever going to be at a place where we're like, Oh yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. It just happened. Significant. Right? It's significant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that that answered the question. So yeah. I just got emotional yeah. on I that, No, like
0: that's, honestly. Hey, that's what Jeremiah <laughs> yeah. modeled for us really right. well. And I right.
1: think we are more than welcome to follow in yeah. see. So, so, so yeah. yeah, that was, that was the question of going, how, how do you continuously return back to help? Yeah, I would say continuously lament. Yeah. Like, I, And honestly, I think that one of the the things that you see also in limitations uh, is that this it's very clear that it was this wasn't in silence. This was grieving by themselves. Right. This was the entire nation of Israel grieving. Jeremiah was kind of the representative of all the people. Yeah. but he talks about all the the fathers and mothers and like brother like all of the different people groups that would have been affected and i would encourage you in that to be involved in community as well yeah. because yeah. there's something that happens again in community that allows you to grieve and to walk through things that it seems like you wouldn't be able to do alone uh, yeah. again going Agreed. back to 2018 i feel like Man, we had a great great community behind us, and we knew that. And we yeah. felt the support of them, and that helped us in the grieving and the difficulty. So I think that Lamentations, the book as a whole, gives an example of not just let me keep this to myself and keep it within, and I'm mm-hmm. going to cry out to God, but I'm not going to also share that with others. No, Jeremiah paints a picture of he's he's grieving for the entire nation of Israel, yeah, yeah. and here's all these people groups that are also
0: breathing as yeah. well. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, a lot to take away from that. Um, yeah. I, I have one more kind of question, uh, sure. maybe a heavier question. Um, so it, it appears... And I do feel yeah. like,
1: before you ask that question, I do feel like this is just the topic of it. And this was, I was as I was working through the, the material, mm-hmm. I knew that it was heavy. And I was trying to like, not be too heavy and really focus on the hope. Yeah. My my goal is that that's what you hear more than anything. It's yeah. how you can have hope or an uncommon hope or a hope in a, in a hopeless situation is that yeah. we can recall God's faithfulness. We yeah. can recall his love, his compassion. And even when it's something like he's disciplining us, he's still good. He's still faithful. He's still steadfast. Sure. Sure. So please, I, I want you to ask yeah, a question, yeah. but, Um,
0: Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. And I think, you know, as you mentioned earlier, to understand the the weight of the hope, um, it's best to understand uh, the weight of the brokenness. And in some ways, you know, we understand how good the hope is when we understand how dire the circumstances are. So I appreciated you saying that. Um, My last question, because I know some people might be thinking this, you know, they look at the story of the Israelites uh, who have just been blatantly disregarding um, what it is that God invited them to. What about those who perhaps um, you know they've been journeying in the faith and doing their best to stay um, to journey well per se? Yeah. Um, you know, someone who might lose uh, lose a family member in a car accident, or um, you know, something that's un- unexpected, something that's just like totally out of the blue. Um, that creates a lot of grief. Yeah, in the, sure. I guess, trying to compare um, those situations to the story of Israel because they had warnings and Jeremiah was like God's mouthpiece saying, this is, this is going to happen if we don't shape up. Right. Right. Um, so there's that kind of, that, as you mentioned, the discipline following the instruction that was disobeyed. Uh, and that discipline brings about a natural grief. Right. Now, what about um, maybe some of us who are experiencing significant grief and we're like, yeah. hey, I'm in the middle of this. But did I wrong God? Did I do anything? Yeah. Um, how, how do we kind of reconcile our thoughts of I'm experiencing grief and pain, um, but, you know. But I don't know if it's in response to like, you know, kind of wrestling with did God do this is the problem of pain, right? right. That we always come back to did God do this. Why did God do this? Like, how am I navigating that? So I guess all of that to say, how do we, how do we work through maybe uh, for some of us watching our experiences of grief that we don't necessarily tie to any, um, you know, anything in our instance, faith yeah, per- perhaps. perhaps.
1: And I do think like you bring up a really good thought and it, maybe I even at one point thought, man, man, I should maybe cover that, but I just felt like time. I probably didn't That's have That's why we time. got over time. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that in this specific instance, this was, the, it was exactly that scenario where, where Jerusalem had been warned. Israel yeah. had been warned. Like, and it was it was from disobedience that this happens yeah but i we cannot apply that same scenario to everything that happens in life mm-hmm. so i think that we have to be cautious of if something happens like uh, you know a miscarriage like you can't go what what did i do what has god upset at yeah, me yeah. about? Uh, the reality is we live in a broken world like mm-hmm. and and things happen um, it doesn't mean that God caused it, but on some level, God did allow it. Sure, on, sure. On a level like that. Yeah. And that's really a, a deep theological question to wrestle with. And I think that's where this morning, like, I, I imagine that Jeremiah, like, even though he knew it was coming, he's still asking, well, well why?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, why did God turn his hand again and again yeah, yeah. and again on me? So I think that as believers, we, we have to be cautious to not go, hey, this is because God's angry at me, or sure. this is a situation that man, I knew I should have, should have not looked at that thing because I I did that and this happened. Like, it's, it's not that simple. (laughs) Like, it's not like, okay, that's, that's a situation. I think that there's, uh, we live in a broken and a fallen world that sometimes stuff happens, you know, not because of us, but because we live in a broken world, like the choices of somebody else can impact us. Like uh, I think of, Um, you know, a young person who's been abused, right? Like it's not necessarily the choices or or, or the actions and the attitudes or the consequences of that young person. It could be because the parent was upset because maybe the parent was abused. Like there's levels of hurt. So I think that it's important to just understand and realize that we live in a broken world. And just because something has happened to us doesn't mean that God is punishing us or it's always discipline. Sometimes it's just the reality yeah. of the world that we live in. I think that that's an important thing for and us too. to note and to understand. But even in that, God's compassion and his steadfast love is there. Yeah. It's never ending, sure. steadfast. So I feel like the, uh, I would say that whether it's a you see kind of the hardship and the heartache coming. So I, I gave the example again of my, my dad doing chemo, like in my mind, the year 2021 is going to be very challenging. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very difficult because I feel like I can foresee to some degree. I'm not, (laughs) you know, my crystal ball's broken. (laughs) Like I can foresee the challenges that will take place. Um, But if I was to be in a car accident tomorrow, I didn't foresee that. Like, I think the reality is, is that what what this model is in limitations applies in both instances. Yeah, yeah whether it's foreseen like you can kind of you have an, a heads up or an understanding uh, or whether it's just a spontaneous it just happened and i'm yeah. shocked by it there yeah. is, there's a shock there that obviously you have to it adds probably to that grief yep. Yep. um or that maybe maybe grief is too big of a word but it adds to the challenge or the difficulty sure, of that sure. season but in either case it's okay but god is not always using our cir- circumstances to to discipline us yeah. i think that god will always use our circumstances to teach us something mm-hmm. like he, he is he is a perfect steward and he doesn't waste anything he doesn't yeah, waste yeah. a hurt yeah um, pastor jeff Lample the former pastor of this church used to say that all the time yeah. right like god doesn't waste a hurt so i think that god can use all things but it doesn't mean that he is causing everything i think sure. sometimes that's just the world that we live yeah. in yeah
0: it's almost like we're experiencing the collateral damage of just yeah. a messy, broken world. Right. Um, right. Yeah, that's good. Um, man, I think that's all the questions I have. I okay. guess, what, uh, is there anything you would like to leave with those joining us? Maybe yeah, it's sure. a word of
1: encouragement or you know, whatever you'd like to share. Yeah, there was two things that I kind of left out of... Well, one thing that I left out of my notes that I thought was interesting, and it was just kind of... Um, in my study, it didn't really... It, it didn't really go with what I needed, but sure. um, just kind of the importance or the significance in that time of what temples within a city mm-hmm. s- kind of signified for those people. Um, and this was, uh, it's the New King James Version Chronological Study Bible. It was page 813 for anybody that has it. 813. Um, but this is what they said that I just thought was pretty fascinating. Like, yeah. that. I feel like it was a pretty cool historical piece and gave a little bit more background, but didn't necessarily need to be in the message and this is what said said uh, temples were the focal point of civil life and the target for invaders Uh, the patron deities of the city were believed to dwell in temples festivals were held outside of temples and valuables were just deposited in them they were the earliest forms of banks Uh, for invaders the capture of a central temple uh, served several purposes not the least of which was obtaining the wealth stored there to take the temple was to show that the gods of the city, and this is both, like, obviously this has to do with, like, not real gods, but the, the idols and those yeah. that were worshipped in those times. But it showed that um, the gods of that city had chosen the conquerors over the local inhabitants. Um, and it even applies in this case, because what we see is that God, the one true God, allowed Babylon to come in. Yeah. So he allowed this to happen. Um, It says this meant that the conquerors were now the legitimate rulers of the people, land, and any possessions. The burning of the central temple was a declaration of unconditional surrender. Only if the gods of the city had abandoned that city to its fate would they allow their home to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. The captors were understood to have free reign with the city and its populace. Uh, The defeated city had no gods to whom they might appeal for mercy and no hope for a chance in their fate. Mm -hmm. Their gods were believed to have moved to the capital of their victors, where they became patrons of the king of that city. The book of Lamentations says the same thing about Nebuchadnezzar 2, burning Jerusalem and its temple in 586 BC. Mm-hmm. Yahweh himself had become Judah's enemy, and that's Lamentations 2.5, and destroyed his own temple, his tabernacle, and the place of assembly, uh, Lamentations 2.6. With Yahweh's permission, Judah's, Judah's enemy now had made a noise in the house of the Lord. And that's re- referencing Lamentations seven. Yeah. So I, I thought that that was just an interesting point that it's like, it's it's very true that, it, you know, God allowed this to happen yep. in this case. Yeah,
0: um, I think that and, shows like the significance of what they lost because yes. the temple was right. everything right. to them. And right. I think if that's gone, then, you know, I'd be surprised if, you know, no one yeah. blamed God. Like this was, this was right. your promise to us right. to follow through, to be our God, to establish us as a nation. And the one thing that enables us to do that is gone. So yeah, yeah this it was,
1: it was literally the center of their life, yeah. especially as this is what set them apart is their customs and the laws that they had that they yeah. followed. And now all of a sudden that was gone yeah. and it was completely removed. And so to some level, their identity had been lost yeah. as well. Uh, but it, what's weird is that it was not, maybe not weird. That's maybe not the right word, but this was, they knew that it was coming yet still chose to do that. And yeah. I think that we do the same thing in our lives. All right, so easily, Yeah. We just choose to walk away. Uh, and then the last thing that I'll just say as we kind of wrap up is that what I think is, is really important is the, the biblical definition of hope as well. Yeah. Like I think when we say hope, what we really mean is wish. Like I hope that I get this for Christmas. Or right. I hope that this hope happens. Hope that the Eagles this, finally win a game. Yeah, yeah. And what we're saying is that what what it is is that we're actually wishing. Yeah. And and the significance of that is that it, based on my desire and my ability to like wish really hard, like it, it's contingent upon. Yeah. Yet the biblical definition of hope is is a confident expectation. In the promises of God and what's so amazing in that is that the biblical definition of hope isn't is it it isn't based on me it's based on God and his faithfulness and if we can look at his faithfulness throughout the years in every situation we can have a confident expectation we can truly hope and so that's why I wanted to end the the message by saying I hope and using that biblical definition I have a confident expectation that the year 2021 will be the best year yet. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you won't have difficulty. It doesn't sure. mean you won't have heartache. It doesn't mean that you m- won't get to the point of maybe feeling despair, Yeah. but there's a confident expectation based on God's faithfulness, his steadfast love and his goodness, that it will be a great year yeah. in spite of all of that. That's so. good.
0: That's a great way to start 2021. Uh, so thanks so yeah. much for that. Thanks yeah. so much for taking us through what well, is a difficult passage, but what is a really, really important one? Because um, uh, I know a lot of us are probably grieving, working through stuff um, yeah. across the board for about anything, and so if we could walk away with hope, with a you know constant expectation of what is to come, that's a pretty awesome thing, so... Yeah. Man, appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks Thank so you guys much. for
1: joining us. Yeah. I appreciate
0: you for taking yeah. the, uh, my usual spot. I took his event. role today. I'm actually sitting in he the spot. That he sat in my chair. I came upstairs and was like, oh. Yeah, man. I definitely <laughs> took that spot. So uh, once again, we're starting a new series this weekend. So come yeah. on out. Uh, happy Strife, Happy Life, which is uh, maybe a continuation of what we've been working through the last couple of weeks and maybe months. So invite you to come out to that. And then again, if you want some good coffee, come to the Big <laughs> Yellow Mug. You might even get to see our faces behind our masks. It's going to be awesome. So uh, thanks for tuning
1: in. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye.